and in his father. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power to over all demons and to cure the demons. He said to them, Take nothing for your money, except the fact, and bread no money, and do not have two tombs of peace. Wherever else you enter, stay there, and from there tomorrow. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out into that city, check out that very blessing of your feet as a testimony against them altogether. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. May God bless you for blessing the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Let us pray, O Father. Forgive us of our sins, strength, mercy, and our name. Lord, we ask you to strengthen us from the wind and guide us from the waters. Protect us from the wind and guide us from the wind and guide us from the Lord, we ask you to come on in and fill us with the hearts of heaven and mind of the spirit. And Lord, we ask you to give us the strength we need and let us not lean on our own understanding. Lord, we invite you in. Each of you need an invitation to go through into our mind of our spirit right now. Lord, we need you to be that protector that you said you're going to leave this moment safely. Lord, we thank you for just picking us up this morning. Lord, for those that are on their way, even traveling grace and arriving grace. Those that are home six and shut in, Lord, give them in, Lord, and let them know that you are God. Really? And let them know that you are the one that gives them the Lord, for those that are not in the world, but the Lord will come to me and ask what they think you will be saying. And if they know who you are, Lord, they'll call on their knees and ask what they see. Lord, we ask you to visit those who are possible. Lord, somebody's grieving this morning. Yeah. Because they had knew that somebody has passed on them, Lord. Somebody is on somebody's cooling board somewhere. Lord, we ask you to strengthen that thing. Lord, we ask you to hold them tight and comfort them and keep them and let them lean on you, Lord, because you're the only person that will let them Lord, we ask you to watch over this pastor this morning. Lord, we ask you to watch over Pastor Fane and give him the strength to get his family, his wife, and his whole family and protect them from anything that I'm doing. Lord, we ask you to watch over this business. Give him the word that's true to you. Lord, let him preach one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Lord, stand with him and his family and protect him and his little children as well. Lord, love on the Lord and let us love on one another again on this day. Lord, let us share your word, but let us love your word and endure your word. Lord, let somebody fall out of the way of the Lord and ask, what must I do to We truly are grateful and thankful. In your precious son, Jesus, may God always pray this day and that Lexington, I met some folks. I didn't know they were tired. 
got some folks that are sick. Uh, let's do more shaking of hands. I know, look, I, I love your husband. I know you're doing a lot to me. But I've got a little, little cough and all that. So let's do more shaking of hands in these next few moments. But in all seriousness, let somebody know that you're excited to see them. Amen? Amen. So let's stay and take a few minutes and greet one another.
that are struggling. Yeah. Children. Children that are struggling with parents. So, Father God, we need children. Father God, there is no many that are here even now that are in the midst of boredom. Yeah. Midst of struggle and separation of loveliness. So, Father God, we're praying. We're praying your peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Father God, we just thank you for all that you do for us in spite of us. Father God, forgive us when we get too high to say thank you. Father God, we thank you even now for the tough times that draw us closer to you and draw us closer to your word. Father God, we pray this church be what she needs to be. We're praying even now for all those that come to see the top. We're praying for this community, Father God. We thank you for all churches that open in your name. Father God, we don't have all day. Your word is quite clear that soon night will be upon us. And no man shall work. Why still light a day, Father God? We're praying for the strength. Father God, when it's all said and done, we want to hear. Those words, well done, God, good and famous. Father God, thank you for walking with us. Thank you for being here. Bless this service, Father God, is our prayer. It's always, Father God, our beck and call that if there's somebody who does not know you, the Lord, what they see. Don't come running down that aisle asking, what must I do to be saved? Father God, we'll be careful to give you all. So, your God, and Son, Jesus, thank you. Ask all these things. Amen. 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 Six and seven, you'll hear a deep word. But this I say, 
he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful gift. Amen. Amen. At this time, we'll have our all times, if you'll come, please follow the directions of the usher. Uh, this morning, the gold tray will be building the building fund. The gold tray will be the building fund. The silver tray will be the general, the general office. Amen? The gold tray will be the building All
But he ends up with what? Having a bad attitude at that In fact, even when God delivers Jonah has to learn So what am I what am I saying? I even use the illustration this morning. whenever I tell my and they're not here today. Whenever I tell my children to go clean their room up, I expect them not to clean the room up. So obedience, we talk about being obedient. Alright? It's a good lesson to mark out because most of us are adults together. Some of us are adults have to mark out. Okay? But you also you want to make sure that you have the right hand in your hand. Okay? So obedience and also about the right heart. Not just doing it. Not just doing it. Does that make sense? Are you sure? Alright, if I ask you next week about Jonah, you guys will tell me something, something about it? Yeah. Alright, I learned my lesson. Let's do this. Um, Terrence, help us. Here, go ahead and take it. Open it in this container. And then uh, make sure you all get a piece. Uh, everybody gets a piece of it. can get a piece. Make sure you ask your parents to take a piece. Right? And somebody remind me, I, I, I'm not going to get a dental bill this week. It's not me, but I'm going to put some stuff in my office.
Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, and that prepared him to ministry. He also studied and received a Master of Divinity Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, with an emphasis on the Old Testament for the church today. After seminary, he married his former Susanna Ward, our sister Ellie Newton Wade, in December 2005, and moved to the She was a student at Asbury. Uh, he's worked at Lowe's. For six years, he was also pastor of Mount Freedom, and then transitioned to working only at, uh, at Mount Freedom. Susanna and Nathan, they live in Nicholsville, they have three daughters. Shaylin, who was eight, Claire, who was six, and Genevieve, who was one. Genevieve, whenever I go out to eat with Pastor Elliot, and y'all, y'all wave, Genevieve, you wave. She joins us. <laughs> and I tell you what, she is a fantastic, uh, she's a good person to sit down with <laughs> and, and eat with, and she joins the conversation with <laughs> So I thank I thank In all seriousness, after the next election, after the next election, the question here would be that of Pastor Nathan Elliott, the pastor of Mount Freedom, here in Denver. And listen, I bring people in here for a reason. I'm a teacher, you can stop it. You know Pam Pat, all right? Thank you, Pastor. Preach the word, sir. Thank you. 
Morning. Lord, 
in the story about King Ahab. Final venture in his life. And if you return there in the words, stand with me as I read God's word for us this morning. In verse 1, chapter 1, and read through verse 28. For three years, Syria and Israel continued without war. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that reign of Gideon belongs to us? And we keep quiet and do not take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go up with me to battle at Ramah Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first. For the word of the Lord. And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. Hashabat <coughs> said, Is there not here another prophet of the Lord of whom we may inquire? King of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire for him, Micaiah the son of Ezra, but I hate him. For he never prophesies good concerning me, but he. Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. And the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, Bring quickly Micaiah, the son of Enlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Kenanah, made for himself horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall Push the Syrians into the until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so. And they said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. The messenger who went to summon Micaiah sent to him, said to Micaiah, Behold, the words of the prophets, with one accord, are favorable. So let your word be like the word of them. Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me, that I will speak. When he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go up to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we refrain? And he answered, <laughs> go up and triumph, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. The king said to him, how many times do I have to make you swear that you will speak to me nothing but the truth of the new world? He said, I saw all Israel scattered in the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, 
These have no master, let each return to his home. King of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me for evil? And Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing beside him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Raymond Gideon? And one said one thing, and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets. And he said, You, you are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster. Then Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, came near and he struck Micaiah on the cheek. And he said, How did the Spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide yourself. And the king of Israel said, Seize Micaiah and take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him meager rations of bread and water until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, <coughs> If you return to me, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, Hear all you people. The previous chapter ended. With King Ahab and sackcloth and ashes. Because God had spoken judgment on him and on his household because he had used his power unjustly. Yeah. And he had killed an innocent man in order to seize his family. But when God's prophet confronted him, Ahab repented. Yeah. And he mourned. He mourned for his sin, and the Lord relented yeah. and said that he would not bring. Judgment in his day. But he would rather bring it after he had passed. One wonders whether this was the turning point in the life of Ahab. Whether he would begin to walk in the ways of God. Sadly, as the curtain rises on chapter 20, we discover that Ahab's repentance was short. He soon went back to his former godlessness and for this reason falls into the sentence of death that will be carried out at the end of the chapter. Ahab is like the city of death. The Lord sent Jonah to preach and he, he preached and said, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. And the people of Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes and the Lord relented of the judgment. Yeah. Yeah. But how long did that repentance last? Not too long. Because soon God would send the prophet Nathan, who would again prophesy the destruction of Nineveh, because they too had ceased in their repentance and went back to the old ways of violence. There are lessons for us here. The first is that God is ready to forgive the worst of sin. There's another lesson. We must persevere in our repentance. Not turn back. 
We must persevere in following Christ and not turn away. We may stumble and we may fall and we may limp and we may trip, but we must not leave off following Christ. Yeah. This chapter begins noting two important pieces of information in the story that will follow, and they may not catch our attention, but let me explain. The first is that there are three years that have passed since battles between Israel and Assyria, recorded in chapter 20. Now, why is that significant? Because the war with Syria ended with an agreement. Yeah. That Syria, King Ben-Hadad of Syria, would give back all of the cities that he had taken from Israel. He would give them all back. That was how it ended. But this unkept promise initiates the events of this chapter. As Ahab states in verse 3, he says, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? Yeah. That was one of the cities they were supposed to get back. And they get back all the cities except Ramoth Gilead. So, yeah. Apparently, he had made good on his word, King Benedict. Except. Except. All right. For Ramoth Gilead. For three years, they waited quietly to get serious, but he didn't deliver on his promise. So, that's a big deal. I mean, he, he had given all the other cities back. Now imagine for a moment. Let me explain. Say you were a geese farmer. I've never heard of before. You just pretend for a moment. And you had a flock of geese that I stole. And then you cornered me. You said you got to give them all back. I said I'll give them all back. And I, I finally I, I gave them all back except that one goose that lays the gold egg. Would you be content if I kept the goose that lays the gold egg? He said, "Brother Gilead lays the gold egg." It was on a major trade out trade route called the King's Highway. Yeah. That went all the way from Africa up to Mesopotamia, yeah. to the land between the rivers. Yeah. And so it was it was a prime place. Whoever owned that city had immense privileges culturally and financially. And it is no wonder that Benhadad was reluctant to give it up, and Ahab was eager to give it back. So that's why it's significant that we get but now, why is it significant in verse 2 that we're told King Jehoshaphat of Judah came to visit King Ahab in Samaria? Because Ahab asks Jehoshaphat to join forces with him to be in control of the king's kingdom. And he agrees wholeheartedly to join Ahab in this effort. Now, I want you to look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. Yeah. Why is that important? Because what we see here is that Ahab is a man who takes no spiritual initiative. In chapter 20, when Ahab was being attacked by vastly more powerful armies and had, and had no earthly prospects of victory, even there he made no attempt to seek the Lord. And yet, the merciful God twice sent prophets to him to say, I'm going to see Two times. And then here again, we see Ahab taking no spiritual position. He's on the verge of war and he does not even think of praying for seeking God's instruction. And it's Jehoshaphat that has to say, Hold up! Before we go up, let's see the Lord. 
also notice that in verse 5, the word Lord is all capital letters. When you see Lord in all capital letters in the Old Testament, you know what that means? It means that's a translation of the divine name. Yeah. The name Yahweh. The name Jehovah. And whenever you see that, that's not referring to a title or a generic, a generic reference to God in general. This is the name of the one true and living God. Yeah. So when Jehoshaphat says, we must seek the Lord in all caps, yeah. he's saying we need to go to the one true and living God. There's someone who speaks for him. So Ahab seeks to satisfy his friend and he summons 400 prophets. 400 prophets. Yeah. Now that's a pastor's conference. Four hundred prophets. And he asks them in verse six, Shall I go up to Raymond Gilead? Or shall I refrain? And they said to him, Go up, for the Lord will get into the hand of the king. <laughs> now, there you have it. Unanimous proof from the religious establishment. What do you mean? Four hundred prophets cheering us on. But notice the word Lord is not an all capital man. This is just the general term. Sir, master. This is Adonai. This is merely a title. It's not a name. It is the inclusive and not offensive way of referring to the divine in the religious society. Yeah. Today, in mixed religious company, we can talk about God without offense. But people get a little shifty and uncomfortable when they say Jesus. God is a word that you can define a thousand different ways. Yeah. Jesus speaks of a specific person in a specific way. Something didn't smell right to Jehoshaphat to this crowd of prophets. He heard their generic references to God and he looked out into the parking lot and he saw that their cars had rainbow coexist stickers on the back. And he said, I observed. That though they pride themselves in diversity, there's a perspective that has been left out. A certain kind of prophet that did not receive an invitation. So he asks in verse 7, is there not another prophet? Prophet of the Lord. He's looking for a prophet who would speak in the name of one true and living God. Is there a prophet of Yahweh who can speak? Who can weigh in on this crucial matter? You can imagine being yeah, fidgeting on this throne. The illusion of power. that's so hard to please. 400 prophets. 400 prophets. And he asks for one more. A bit frustrated with Jehoshaphat's insistence, he says, there is yet one man. Yeah. There is yet one man. By whom we may inquire. Yeah. Micaiah, the son of Enlil. Yeah. But I hate him. For he, he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. See, Ahab knew who he called when he wanted positivity to occur. He had his acts. Always knew how to write in this day. 
All he had to say was, this is who I am, this is what I want to do, and this is my plan. And those preachers find a way to say, this is wonderful, carry on, God is with you and will bless you. They have also been for nothing. He knew what preacher to avoid. That preacher never said good concerning him, but evil. That preacher was constantly calling out his sins and telling him to repent and prophesy in judgments as long as he continued to do what he wanted rather than do the power. The Ahab hated my tithing because he hated what he said. He hated what he said. Notice though, the king's focus is not on whether my tithing words are true but on whether they are supported or not. He never prophesied good concerning me, but he See, this raises a question for us. When we come to church, when we come to God's Word, are we looking for support or are we looking for the Man. Man. Our hearts are the same. My heart is the same. It's easy to get into looking for support. What I want to be, yes. rather than the truth of God. Is your goal to find a way to align God with your plans? Yes. Find a way to align your yes. plans with God. Yes. Right. Ahab, he. But if Ahab wanted Jehoshaphat to join him in battle, he would have to humor him by calling him back. So he sent a messenger saying, bring him quickly. Now while Micaiah is being summoned, we haven't quite seen this crowd. These other 400 prophets, they, they feel a little put out. They're like, we're going to have to up our game. Yeah. We're going to have to put it on a little, little, little more enthusiastic. We might have to use a little language that communicates even with Joshua. Yeah. And so it says, now the king of Israel... And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, was sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes, at the threshing floor, at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying before them. What a sight! Two kings in all their royal attire with a entourage, and 400 prophets. I have never seen 400 prophets prophesying at once, but I can imagine what that would have been like. And there they are, and they're dressed, and we're told they were just standing one by one quietly preaching. We see some crazy things going on. Yeah. Exciting things. Engaging the attention and imagination. It says that Zedekiah, he took horns, horns of iron, and he said, Thus says the Lord, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. Boom. Hashem had asked for a prophet of Yahweh, and now, and now we see Zedekiah, whose name means what? Yahweh is righteous. And his very name is Yahweh is righteous. He must be a, a, a spokesperson. And he's dramatically portraying prophecy in the name of Yahweh. We notice now, after Jehoshaphat said he's a prophet of Yahweh, this guy's speaking in the name of Yahweh. He puts on iron horns on his head. He prances around like a boring, a boring wolf. Goring the Syrians on the battlefield. He's saying, Thus says Yahweh, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. They know Yahweh. 
That was in the name. The imagery was even an allusion to Deuteronomy 32, 17. The scripture. A man named Yahweh is righteous, speaks in the name of Yahweh, alluding to the word of Yahweh, and pronouncing victory. What more could you ask for God? Right there. It's all right there. And then, verse 12 says, And all the prophets prophesied, so it said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph. The Lord, Yahweh, will give it into the hand of God. You see that? Hmm. The prophets changed their wording after they heard that the king specifically wanted the prophets to Now all the prophets are speaking to Yahweh. And saying, Yahweh will give you a victory. This is fast food faith. Your way, right away. Just the way you like it. You want a prophecy from Yahweh? Just pull around in the first minute. Now, back to that messenger who was sent. Micaiah was not initially invited to this wedding party as he was out. He was left out. What was it that made Micaiah different from all the other prophets? You can see it plainly stated in verse 14. When the messenger came to Micaiah from the king, he tried to give Micaiah some friendly advice. He said, Listen, now, Mike, the 400 who have been consulted and they all agree on this. Every single one of them. Every one of them agreed. There is complete unanimity. Let your word be like the word of one of them and speak favorably. Yeah. Come on. He's saying that the message has already been established. This is unanimous opinion among the preachers. 400 yes, zero no. You can't really think, my God, that you alone know. You can't really think that you, you understand what these other 400 yes. <coughs> <clears throat> now, how did Micaiah answer this advice? Well, verse 14 says, As the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me, that is I will speak. What the Lord says to me, that I will speak. This is what sets Micaiah apart from all other. He's committed to only saying what the Lord said. What the Lord says to me that I will speak. There's a deep misunderstanding that we have, that Ahab had, his messenger had. This deep misunderstanding is shared by many people today about preaching. They act and speak as though the prophet determines the message. Yeah. That that is what false prophets do. But true prophets, faithful prophets, they don't have that luxury. Micaiah completely reverses that whole understanding. He says, I can only speak what the Lord tells me to speak. I am bound by the word. The message is not under my control. I am under its control. I am bound by it. It is not bound by me. But the world and many of the church will get preaching. And they say, what will you get with the problem? We've moved beyond your ideas of truth and your ideas of right and wrong. 
Why do you still speak of Jesus as the only way to salvation? Why do you speak of heaven and hell and of miracles and of sin and of sexual ethics and of value of life and the moon? Get over it. Get it to The true prophet says only what God has said. The faithful preacher says what God has said. And the faithful preacher says all that God has said. When God called me to preach, Paul was essentially this. Know this book from cover to cover. Preach and teach all of it. What this book says, you say. Where this book is silent, keep your mouth shut. Where it is clear, you be clear. This calling is not about you and your ideas and your wisdom. It is about my word and my will and my way to be communicated to my people. Don't get in the way by making this about you. Don't get in the way by making this about your wants or even the people's wants and the people's demands. I am God and you are my servant. And it is your job simply and plainly to say what I say. Got it? <laughs> Brothers and sisters. <laughs> the good of your soul. You must always seek to be under the preaching ministry that not only preaches from the Bible, but that preaches all the Bible. Zedekiah, the son of Canaan, I preached from the Bible. And he said, Thus says the Lord. But he put, and he even put on an entertaining show, prancing around the stage with horns on his head, pretending to be a bull. He's a false prophet. He did not speak to God. Yeah, right. Please understand something. Pastor Fane is calling as your pastor. Not to make you feel good. Yes, it's true that there are times when he will comfort you with the comfort of the Lord. Amen. But his calling is not primarily to you. His responsibility before God is to speak God's truth. When he talks with you about persistent sin that you have apparently settled into, it's not because he's nosy or opinionated. It's because this is what God has called him to do as a shepherd of your soul. And it's for this, as one who keeps watching for your soul, that he will give you the When I say that his calling is not to make you feel good, that if we walk in the ways of the Lord, we will feel much better. Why do the prophets always speak negative words? Because Ahab refused to turn from his sin. He followed back. He refused to fall. You know, if you choose Ahab's path, and you don't walk with him, if you, if you refuse to surrender your life to the rule and the reign of God, there's probably one of two things. One, you avoid religion altogether. That was Ahab. See, we saw this in chapter 20. We see it again here at the beginning of this chapter. He had no interest in religious advice 
for his pursuits as a king. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't seek the Lord. Yeah. Now, how should that man do? He had no, no interest. He was ready to go to war. This whole scene with the prophets is a humor. <laughs> you may just avoid religion altogether. We call this group the nuns. Those who claim no religion. We are told this is the fastest growing religious category. No wonder. It's nothing new. Nuns are just another name for Ahab. There's something else we might do. Something else we might do. The second thing is this. You'll adopt a religion that says what you want to hear and approves what you want to do. Mm-hmm. This is the 400 prophets. They're the ear team. They can morph their message on the spot as they come. More in tune with what pleases you. If you want to hear the name of Jesus read and, and, and read passages from the Bible, they can do that. If you prefer a more generic reference to God, maybe even gender-neutral language and metaphors, and even referring to God as she and mother, they can do that too. You want a nationalistic God who always approves of whatever your country does, they can do that too. You just let us know and we will match you up with the church that will satisfy that religious impulse while giving you the freedom to think what you want to think and do what you want to do. It's available to you. Bottom line is this. If you don't want to walk with the Lord, you will avoid God's truth. Right. If you do walk with the Lord, you will seek out God's truth. It all depends on your relationship with the Lord. Jesus said in John chapter 3, everyone who does wicked things hates the life. Does not come into the lest his deeds be exposed. <coughs> but whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his deeds are carried out in life. Now back at Brandy. The messenger brings my God. He brings him to the two kings and the crowd of God. Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead? Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead or shall we go to Ramoth? Now listen to what Micaiah did. Go up and try it. The Lord will give it into the hands of the king. Yeah, right. I love it. I love this. It says exactly like the other 400 prophets had said. <coughs> no one believes it. Yeah. His mouth. Yeah. No one believes it from his mouth. Mm. Ahab responds, he's like, How many times do I have to make you swear to tell me only what the Lord has told you? Yeah. Ahab. Ahab knows that this is not Yahweh's word. Ahab has known all along. Notice this. He has known all along that everything these 400 prophets have been saying was not the, what Yahweh's prophet would say. He knew it. Ahab knew that if someone was bound to only say what the word of God says, then they wouldn't say what all his preachers were saying. He knew it. 
And yet he listened and he listened and he listened. And when Micaiah came and said what all the other 400 said, he said, you're lying to me. I know that's not what the Lord said. Finally, the truth came out. Micaiah said in verse 17, he said, I saw all this one scattered on the streets as sheep that have no shepherd. The Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his own home in peace. Micaiah said, wait a that the people of Israel will be like sheep without a shepherd, a nation without a king. Huh? Ahab says to Josh, he never says anything good concerning me, but he. Now I want you to see something clear here. It'll help us resolve something we perceive as an ethical problem. What I want you to see is that Ahab was never under any illusion. He was never under any illusion that what these 400 prophets were telling him was really the word. Yeah. He, was, he has known all along that if he truly wanted to hear the word of the Lord, he would have to summon Micaiah, and that Micaiah's message would be different from anything else he was hearing. Now, in verse 19 and following, Micaiah gives us a vision that he has had. The Lord of Jesus. Imagine the scene. Here's Micaiah. He's, he's standing there before these two earthly kings. And all their glory, all their power, there he is. He's standing there. And to anyone else, this probably would have been very intimidating. That kind of nervous awe that you have in front of earthly power. But Micaiah, he sees something else. Yeah. That, that's so far outshines this earthly glory of this king. Yeah. He describes it. He says, I saw the Lord, the Lord, sitting on his throne. And all the hosts of heaven standing beside him on the right and on the left. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab that he may go up and follow him? One says one thing, another says another, and then the Spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. The Lord says, How? By what means? And he said, I'm going to go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets. And he said, If you are to entice him, you shall succeed. Go out <coughs> Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets. The Lord has declared the master. Yeah, that was his vision. He saw it. I tell you, a man who has seen the Lord on his throne, around the all He's going to speak as King of Kings. That's why my guy is so weird. These kings and prophets see So my guy stands before King Ahab and he says, The Almighty God is He's declared disaster. In the presence of 400 prophets, he says, all these prophets have spoken by a lying spirit will ruin you in your head. I mean, this is not exactly the way for Micaiah to win the king's faith and build friendships with his prophetic power. You know, watch ink has been spit in the ethical dilemma of God sending a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets to see that But if we step back from it, I think we'll see that there really is no deception. We'll see. It's 
first Ahab knew that the prophets he summoned were preachers who would say what he wanted to hear. Second, Ahab knew that if he wanted to hear from the true prophet, he would have to summon Micaiah. Third, Ahab knew that if he summoned Micaiah, that Micaiah would deliver a very different message from what the other foreign preachers had been saying. And fourthly, when Micaiah was summoned and he said what all the other prophets were saying, Ahab knew right away that Micaiah was not being sincere. And fifth, when Micaiah spoke the true message of Ahab's death in battle, Ahab said, you see, that's what I expected to hear. So if I lie in a way that I know that you know that I'm lying to you, and then I tell you that I lied to you, before you have a chance to act on it, I have not deceived you. I've gotten your attention and hope to help you. You wake up. And why the roots? To the shows of that beyond all objection, that you knew all along what was right and what was wrong. You knew. You knew, but you chose to go your own way. Decorating it with all the showing you can. You can have 400 false preachers. Yet at their heart of hearts, they know this is not even God. The self-deception of the society depends on having its own way. In this whole scenario, an exposure of Ahab's simple heart. It's an exposure of human nature and the games we play here around the tree that we know from the truth we can't escape. See, we know. And we know that we know that a marriage is a man and a woman. Yeah, we know it. We know, and we know that we know that the life in the womb is a human being. We know, and we know that we know that God intends sex between a man and a woman in the covenant of marriage. No, and we know that we know that God created us male and female, that a he is a he and a she is a she. We know, and we know that we know that matter is not eternal. The universe did not create itself. That the meticulous order we find everywhere we look points to a designer and a maker and an almighty God. God sends us a plethora of creatures who will sound off Old denominations who will redefine marriage as two people. Christian leaders who, in every revolution of culture, trip over each other to be the first to say, Look at me, look at me, Jesus is all about that. There are ways of reading the Bible to accompany the magic. This is nothing new. Apostle Paul warned Pastor Timothy about this example. He said, I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. who is the judge of the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Yeah. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not control sound doctrine. But having itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. Yeah. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in this. As for you, always be sober minded. Endure suffering through the work of your hands. Ministry. 
go along in his heart of hearts, they had to do that what he was doing, he knew that he was out of favor with the Lord. He knew that the true word from the true God would be one that would call him to repentance and obedience. But he preferred to avoid the truth in order to achieve his own way. How easy it is to find a church and to surround ourselves with preachers who will say what we want to hear and who will say what needs to be. There were 400 prophets. Yeah. 400 prophets who quoted the scripture and proclaimed victory and blessing and prosperity. We listen. There are plenty of preachers who will tell you what you want to hear. There are very few who will tell you what you need to hear. What you need to hear will often help. It'll make you uncomfortable. It'll demand deep change in your thinking and in your living. But it is what you need to hear. And if you're honest, it's what you know you need to hear. Proverbs 27.6 it says, faithful are the wounds of friends. Profuse are the kisses The self-serving people pleaser will caress you with soft words. While you walk the path to death and destruction, faithful friends and faithful actors will do whatever it takes to turn you back. Can you be honest with yourself this morning? Are you hiding from the God? You're trying to bury what you know to be true by kind of a thousand thousand preachers. You'll say what you want to hear so you can do what you want to do. Oh, okay. You're ignoring sin in your life and refusing to repent. Because you found religious teachers who told you that you stay where you are and do what you do and still experience God's. Yeah. Let's say are you refusing to repent. What truth of God are you trying to decide? You can keep turning up the volume, accumulating encouragers who will tell you all as well, but in your heart of hearts, you know, there's one place yet to find the truth. Yeah. Now, if you're all, if you're all are trying to hide from something, you probably shouldn't call it a different pastor. It's Reverend saying, he preaches the word of the Lord. And he loves you all too much not to tell you the truth. He will comfort you when you need to be comforted. He's also going to tell you all the truth. Yeah. Reverend Frank, Reverend Fane, the prophet and the lion in that narrow and unpopular world, my pastor, who says what the Lord says to me. In conclusion, let me just make a couple of points. How, how we might respond. At first, I would just say be grateful for a pastor. Pray that he will stay faithful. Pray that he will be thorough. Pray that he will be a Micaiah who says what the Lord says without fear of what the people say or of what the people do. Pray that he will stand against the pressure of the moment. And pray that he will not add to that pressure 
Amen. Don't simply pray for them. Encourage. Encourage. Give them words of encouragement. It's not easy to preach God's truth. It makes your stomach hurt. It makes you toss and turn. It makes you question yourself and wonder whether you've really got it right. When Pastor Faye preaches the truth, especially when he steps on your foot, make sure you come up and thank him. And you tell him to keep it up. You tell him to keep it up. Keep on preaching God's word and not turn it to the right. Secondly, this passage calls us to approach God's word with a prayer that you will hear what is true. Not simply what you want. Read to obey. I really believe those three words should be written on the cover of every Bible. Read to obey. Don't approach this book searching for what you want to find. Don't approach this book in bits and pieces. Take it all. Yeah, take all. Just because someone bears the name Christian and quotes the Bible and speaks about Jesus, that does not make them the truth. The faithful speaker of the truth. So be careful, be humble, be earnest in the pursuit of God's word. Lastly, what kind of Christian will you be in your conversations? In your conversations with your friends and in your family and in the workplace? How easy it is to join the 400 who are speaking about God and blessing everyone's compromises and everyone's sinful behaviors and the acceptable immoralities of the day. How easy it is to smile and laugh along and in so doing we're saying, not a big deal. God doesn't mind. To a certain extent, we take comfort that there are really so many others around us who say, Here's my prayer That in the days to come, when the world looks at this, they will see Cedar Top Baptist and they will say, There is yet a new who speaks God. And when the world looks into your home and into your school and into your workplace and into the gathering of your friends, that they will know. That there is yet one man who lives and speaks the truth to one true man. That there is yet one man who is committed to saying only what the Lord says. And I pray that when the final trumpet sounds and Christ comes and all his kingly glory and he sits on his throne, surrounded by all the hosts of heaven, that you will be found faithful as a people. Who have lived with ears tuned in his voice, walking in joyful trust and humble obedience, no matter how the winds of how times have The Lord, he was faithful and strength, and take his word to heart. That's right there. That's obvious. There's a whole lot in there. I mean, a whole lot. As the, as the deacons come, 
Look, if that message didn't prick your heart a little bit, you need to check your hearts. That sound, as theologically looking, followed that thread all the way down. He's done his homework. And of course, if he's a pastor, you can see that. You can tell he sees it. But he's also obedient. There's a lot of study in that. Okay, you got your number. I, I put it right fast enough. I'm going to go back and put some stuff down. Thank you, Pastor Ellison. Thank you, sir. It's almost a pastoral anniversary type sermon right there. I, I didn't tell them what to do. I didn't tell them, that's solid. That's solid. As the, as the choir comes. But let's stand. Uh, if, if there's anybody here, the word's already gone forth. Uh, there's somebody here that needs to make a, a commitment and come on over to the Lord's side. I do it right now. Is there one? Is there one? May not have next Sunday.
Yeah, I think some of the adults were more excited about that. <laughs> yeah, let's get away from us. It's not going to We won. We'll see you tonight. So lay the cat for So we're just, we're just praying. Uh, be mindful. We'll go ahead and allow Pastor Ernie to go about the Thank you. Thank you. This, that, was, that was rich. That was rich.
Yeah. 